Sarah and Tessa stand by the van, getting their supplies for the night. He just needs sleep. I think it takes a lot out of him, looking after me, you know? You like to give him a hard time. I'm just aggressive. Um, I guess I'm an asshole sometimes, too. (laughs) (laughs) I just make sure we search everywhere and help everyone along the way, you know, if we can. Hasn't happened a lot. We came across a few kids once. A pack of sick was nearby, and I tried to get them to safety while Dad was looking for supplies, and they heard us and got to the kids before I could. You're a sweet kid. You remind me a lot of my Olivia. She was just a quiet girl unless she had to show some fight, but she could really show it if she needed to. I just wish things were different. I was just getting to know her. John lies down and looks over at Sarah. We leave first thing in the morning. Okay, Dad. Love you. I love you too, kid. Tessa smiles and she rolls out her sleeping bag. Sarah decides to roll hers out next to it. Hey, I think I'm going to bunk by you tonight and let the grumpy man be. The stars are bright, keeping Sarah's attention rather than sleep. Tessa rolls on her side, facing Sarah. She looks at her and away from the stars. Not much luck tonight. Me either. I... I wake up in the middle of most nights. Nightmares? Almost every night. Flashbacks, before and after, close encounters we've had. Just all of it. I have them too. I normally just sleep through it, but... I don't know, sleep has passed by me the last couple nights. I just keep tossing and turning and thinking. Um, Olivia was telling me she wanted to be an animator when she grew up. All that girl would do was draw and watch movies. She'd watch one and draw all the characters she liked. She really was a talented kid. What was her favorite? Her favorite movie? Yeah. The one about the cub losing his father? What was it? The Lion King. She'd sing the songs all the time when she was younger. It's just a nightmare that it actually happened to her in real life. She grew to hate it. She used to be such a different kid, Sarah. It broke me to see her have to be hard and angry and grow up so much quicker. All of us kids who survived had to grow up without a normal childhood, you know? We had to change into completely different people. Things have to get better, right? Can't get much worse than this. I'll travel to every safe zone if that's what it takes to not worry about those things or where I'm going to sleep at night anymore. A pregnant Natalie lies with young Sarah, looking at a picture book. Sarah points and laughs at a page. <laughs> Look at the hippo. <laughs> yeah, it's the best hippo. You know what it's time for, honey. Fine. She rests her head on Natalie's chest. She strokes her hair. Are you excited to meet your little sister? Yes. She's been in your tummy for so long. Well, it's just going to be a couple more days and she'll be here. Do you think she's going to look like me? Or maybe she'll look like, more like daddy. Or maybe she'll look like you. I don't know, sweetheart. You never know what the baby's going to look like. Could end up looking just like you or a perfect mix of all three of us. I'm kind of nervous that maybe we won't get to play as much when the baby is here because you won't spend as much time with me because she'll always be hungry or tired and I'm going to have to be quiet all the time. Oh, don't be nervous, sweetie. 
We'll always have time for you. You know, your mom is a big sister too. And when I was little and my sister Meredith, your Aunt Meredith, was in my mom's tummy, I was also really nervous. And I didn't know if I would lose time with my mom and dad. My sister is now my best friend. And your baby sister is going to be like your best friend. And you'll have each other forever. She continues to stroke her hair. Sarah finally falls asleep. Natalie rests her head on the headboard and closes her eyes. John closes the front door behind him and sets his briefcase on the end table. He sees a covered plate of food on the kitchen table and rushes upstairs. He peeks into Sarah's room, seeing her and Natalie sleeping. Sarah opens her eyes when she hears his footsteps. He smiles at her and puts his finger over his lips. She smiles back at him and closes her eyes. He pauses and happily watches them sleep for a moment. The van doors shut. They're all packed up and Cleveland bound. They continue the drive through back roads. John looks down at the fuel gauge, below empty. The van starts rumbling and slowly comes to a halt. He opens the door. All right. I guess it's by foot now. How much further do we have? Probably looking at a three-day walk. They gather their things from the back. Bags are slung across their backs, weapons holstered and rifles secured on their shoulders. The walk to Cleveland continues. There's a bit more urgency this time as they walk a little faster. No time to waste. The van sits quietly, abandoned. Grunting, screeching, sporadic yelling. The persistent pack has reached the van. They're moving more quickly. They bump into it, shaking it. They open a couple of doors and swipe. Substance oozes from their skin and drops to the upholstery. A few wander off from the van, heading the same direction that John, Sarah, and Tessa are heading. They sense them. The rest of the pack quickly begins to follow. The three approach a stray, abandoned house that lies off the side of the road. Sarah moves slower and slower. Dad, I I know we need to keep moving, but I, I need to rest. Just just a few hours. That's That's all I need. John looks to Tessa, then toward the house. Yeah, okay. But only for a few hours. John bursts the front door down. Every window is boarded up. No one inside. They enter and put their things down on the living room floor. Sarah lights a candle. Tessa grabs the cooker and lights it. She pours two cans of soup into the pot and begins stirring. John anxiously waits on his sleeping bag. Tessa divides the soup into the three bowls and they eat. Silently. They all sleep. John sleeps sitting up with his head against a wall. Then, grunting, creaking from footsteps hitting the wooden panels of the front porch. John wakes with urgency. Fuck, 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 fuck. He looks through the small openings of a boarded-up window. The growing pack of sick has arrived. The sick wander around the house. More have joined along the way. There must be 40 or so. They are overwhelming. The sick wander around the house. John looks down, seeming defeated. They're heavily outnumbered. John crawls to his bag. He quietly unzips it, pulling out the single grenade. Sarah and Tessa wake from the noise. Tessa peeks out the window. What's going on? They're sick outside. There's way too many to count. She reaches for her gun. John stops her hand. There's too fucking much, Sarah. You two will get to Cleveland. John stands. Tessa sees the grenade in his hand. John, listen. There are other ways to do this. We'll wait until they come in and take them out one by one. Sarah notices the grenade now. She urgently gets up and grabs his arm. Dad, what the fuck are you doing? Where did you even get that? Put that, put that down, put that back! 
He hugs her tight and gives her a peck on the forehead. I love you so much, Sarah. He pushes her to the ground and pulls the grenade pin. He runs out the front door and slams it behind him. They both rush to the door, trying to stop him. John runs away from the house, yelling at the sick. Hey! Hey! Over here, motherfuckers! The giant pack of sick all rush after John. He stops when he gets a safe distance from the house. Tessa grabs a hold of Sarah just before she leaves the porch. Dad! Once the sick get to John, the grenade explodes. A few of the sick get blown away from the impact. No one makes it. Fire and smoke are the only things in motion. Countless bodies lie around. Tessa holds her tightly. She's able to squeeze out of Tessa's grasp and runs toward the explosion. She gets closer, but the smoke and smell are too much to bear. She falls to her knees, crying. You fucking idiot! We could have taken them out! Tessa slowly walks off the porch toward her. Footsteps pound the leaves toward Sarah, one sick didn't initially follow John. Tessa sees it and pulls out her small pistol from her boot. Sarah! She doesn't move. Tessa fires at the single target, landing three shots. It falls to the ground. She puts the gun in her waistband and walks to Sarah. She kneels next to her, placing her arm over her shoulder. I'm sorry, Sarah. I am so fucking sorry. We could have taken them out. We, we, we could have dealt with it. He didn't need to fucking do this. He didn't need to do this. He did it for you. He did this for me? What he did was left me alone. He left me alone. Now I have nobody. I have... We don't We don't even know if there's a fucking Cleveland or LA or Austin or, or any of them. We don't know what's out there and he just fucking left me. She gets up and walks back toward the house. A body lies in her way. She begins to kick it repeatedly. Tessa turns around and watches in agony. Tessa looks at the pile once more, then follows Sarah into the house. Sarah begins packing her things. Tessa watches. What are you doing? I'm... I'm not... I'm not going to sit around anymore. I should have just listened to him and kept going. I'm just so fucking exhausted. She drops what she had in her grasp. She places her hand over her face. Tessa rushes to Sarah and grabs her shoulder. Hey, listen to me. This is not your fault. I couldn't keep going much further either. I'm tired too. We wouldn't have reached Cleveland without rest. Sarah looks down. Tessa touches Sarah's chin to tilt her head toward her. Tears fall from Sarah's cheeks. Sarah, this isn't on you. He made that decision on his own because he cares about you. We're going to make it. This won't be for nothing. Let's just go. Sarah resumes gathering their supplies. Tessa watches for a moment, then joins her. Once they're finished, they exit the house. They stand in front of the pile. Small amounts of smoke still leave the explosion site. Bodies scattered, blood spattered everywhere. Tessa looks over at her. Do you need a few minutes? We need to go. We need to keep moving. Are you sure? I just need to go now. (laughs) They begin the walk to Cleveland, leaving the bodies behind. The walk continues. They haven't stopped for a break, and the constant sweat shows it. Sarah grabs the container of water from her bag and sips it on the move. Tessa warms up a can of soup to split with Sarah, who sits on a log looking away in the distance, not at anything in particular. She continuously twirls the dice in her hand. Tessa sips the soup from the spoon as Sarah drops hers in her bowl. 
She wipes the soup remains from the bowl with the towel and puts it back in her bag. I'm sorry. Stop, there's nothing to be sorry about. I've been silent and cold to you, and I, I don't mean anything by it. If you don't want to say anything, then don't. Don't feel like we have to talk. I understand. Thank you. Tessa wipes her bowl clean and puts it in her bag. Tessa leads, and Sarah follows. They walk directly in the middle of the road. Slowly, a highway sign appears. Cleveland, 60 miles. We're getting close. Sarah looks down to her hand, which grasps a photo of her and John, lit by the bright moonlight. She puts it away in her pocket and gets her dice out, twirling them in her palm. Tessa comes to an abrupt stop. She puts her hand up, and Sarah stops. They hear something rustling in the woods. Just through the trees, they see it. A group of four sick wander aimlessly. They aren't far from their location. They stand and watch for a moment. Sarah walks ahead and pulls out her pistol. She aims toward the sick. Tessa follows her lead. The pair fire multiple shots, sending the group of sick to the ground, not wasting any time waiting for their move. They holster their weapons and continue the walk. Birds soar through the air. Some go from tree to tree. Sarah and Tessa watch them as they pace. A road sign lies on its side in the brush just off the road. Tessa walks to it. She flips the sign on its back. Cleveland, 10 miles. She pulls out the map of safe zones from her bag. We'll need to travel northwest around the city. Should be about 15 miles from here. Tessa returns to the road, and they continue. The Cleveland safe zone walls are now visible. They've finally made it. As they get closer, they hear voices, people, conversations, none of the distinct sounds of sick. Tessa stops and turns to Sarah. Just be ready for anything. It could be scavengers. She prepares her rifle. Sarah gets her pistol out. They approach the gate, which is shut. A few guards sit at both ends. They stand when they see Tessa and Sarah approach. They pull out their pistols. Stop right there. We aren't looking for any trouble. We just came from Philadelphia and Richmond safe zones. One of the guards walks to the gate. The other approaches the pair. Approach slowly and lower your weapons. They follow their orders, walking closer and holstering their weapons. One of them examines their arms and looks into their eyes with a small flashlight. After the quick examination, he pops the lock and begins to open it. There's a small building nestled just after the gate. Two doctors appear in this space. Place your belongings and weapons in the room to the left and move to the right. They cautiously approach the building, then enter. Tessa sees a few workers through the window in hazmat suits taking their gear. They begin spraying it down with a gassy substance. One of the doctors approached Tessa and Sarah. Please, lie on the examining tables. Just need to draw blood and run a few tests. No need to worry. No one's going to hurt you. They both lie down on the tables. The two doctors begin drawing a tube of blood. After sealing the cap, they place the tubes in a machine, then approach Tessa and Sarah again. They examine their skin, eyes, mouth, and ears. They complete the examinations. She walks to the door and knocks three times. Our guard opens the door. They're good to go. All clear. We found no traces. They hop down from the tables and exit the room. Both guards hand Sarah and Tessa their gear and weapons back. Walking in, they're shocked. They've made it. They're in and apparently safe. No virus. People walking around, having conversations, tending to plants, chopping wood, helping others who are wounded. A small community. A woman approaches. Alicia, 30s. Always happy and eager to see new faces. I'm Alicia. I was just told we had two new guests arrive. And you are? I'm Tessa. I'm... I'm Sarah. It's so nice to meet the both of you. Please, let me show you where you can stay. 
I apologize for the guards and the doctors. We just have to take every precaution and protective measure we can. We haven't seen many of those things approach our gates, but it's happened in the past. Our gas systems haven't had a defect like some of the other safe zones, so it's protected us from them so far. I'm surprised you gave our weapons back. Well, we want you to trust us, like we want to trust you. You can keep them. Tessa's satisfied. She walks them to an apartment building. We can look around town later. You guys should get some rest. I'll explain everything in more detail afterwards. Thank you. So where did you guys come from? Richmond and Philadelphia. Did you see anyone there? Just sick. They were both abandoned. We're one of the fortunate safe zones, I guess. We haven't had groups go out that way yet. We added this complex a couple months ago. More and more people showed up at our gates, so we had to keep building. Alicia escorts them down a hall. They pass by a few members of the safe zone in the common areas of the complex. Finally, a door on the right. They enter. This will be your place. Each apartment has two bedrooms and one bathroom. Tessa and Sarah walk in, in awe. Finally, a place to call home. A permanent home. This is just... I honestly can't believe this. I know it can be overwhelming. Sorry the living space is so small, but we have multiple common areas throughout the complex where you can meet the others who stay in the safe zone. Um, what... What do we have to do to stay here? Every person plays a role. Whether it be crops, construction, teaching. Are either of you comfortable teaching? Doesn't have to be anything specific. Can be simple. <laughs> um, I, I can do that. We're really in the need of them. But this will all be handled in the next couple of days. We want you both to rest and make yourselves at home. Tessa sets her bag down and rests on the couch. Sarah looks around. Now, I have to ask the both of you. And I know it's not always an easy question to answer. Will either of you be expecting any relatives, friends, or partners to arrive at the safe zone anytime? No. We aren't expecting anyone. Okay, thank you. I'll come get you guys tomorrow around 10 to show you around. Get you both some clothes and take care of a few checkups. Oh, and one other thing. You guys came on the best day of the week. Community night. Um, what's that? Well, one day a week, we have a small dinner in the courtyard, followed by some kind of activity. Makes everyone feel more comfortable. I'm sure you guys are tired, but definitely feel free to join us if you'd like. It's not for a few hours, so you have some time. She writes a few things on her clipboard. She smiles at them and exits the apartment. Tessa grabs her bag and touches Sarah's shoulder. I'm going to take the one on the right. She walks into the bedroom. She sets her bag on the bed and lies down on top of the comforter. Exhausted. After looking around the apartment, Sarah grabs her bag and claims the other bedroom. She sets her bag on the dresser and opens the drawers. Taking out what little she has left, she places her things in the drawers. The bag is placed in the corner of the room. She sits on the bed with her dice in hand and twirls them. She rolls them once. A one and a one. After examining the outcome, she sees people walking around outside through the window. Sarah lies on the bed, not sleeping, just staring at the ceiling. Tessa lightly knocks on the doorway panel. Hey, I was thinking about going over there soon. Wanna go? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Tessa gets ready to leave the bedroom, but then walks toward the bed. She gives Sarah a peck on the forehead and moves a strand of hair behind her ear. Hey, we're safe now. We'll be okay. Thank you. No need to thank me. She exits the bedroom. Sarah sits up. Tessa shuts the door. She walks to the bathroom and turns the shower valves. Fresh water spews from the shower head. She runs her hand through the waterfall. Sarah soaks in the tub, staring at the wall ahead of her. She looks at her pruny fingers. After putting them back into the water, she slides down and fully submerges herself in the water. More and more moments go by. 
and she isn't coming up. A few bubbles hit the surface. She's running out of air. Finally, she comes up and breathes heavily, trying to catch her breath. When she finally does, she brushes her hair back and pulls the plug from the drain. Tessa finally gets around to unpacking her bag. She starts by putting her weapons underneath the bed. After putting her clothes away in the dresser's drawers, she pulls out a picture of her and Olivia. She smiles. It's her only one. She places it in one of the empty picture frames and sets it on the nightstand next to the bed. Sarah knocks on Tessa's door. She grabs her shirt from the bed and puts it on, then answers. You almost ready to go? Yeah, um, actually, I have some makeup in my room. I, I took it from a house a while back. Um, I was wondering if you wanted some, since it's a special occasion, it might be nice to use, I guess. Yes, of course. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll be right there. Sarah smiles at her. She heads to her room. She gathers all the makeup out of the dresser drawer and lays it all on top of the table. She examines her inventory, moving different items aside, organizing. Tessa walks in and kneels beside her. Um, do you want the chair? No, no. This is fine. Sarah grabs the foundation and begins to apply it to her cheeks. Tessa grabs mascara and applies it to her eyelashes. (laughs) It's been so long since I did this. (laughs) Yeah, um, me too. Sarah finishes. She grabs the lone brush and starts blending. She sighs when she can't get it just right. What's wrong? Um, <laughs> I, I always have trouble with, with this part. Tessa turns toward her, grabbing the brush. I've got you. Sarah just sits with her hand on her lap. She blends the foundation for her. Once she's finished, she places the brush on the table. They look at each other and smile. The Day Everything Changed Created and written by Lane Fortenberry Narrated by Jessica Packard Sarah, voiced by Jasmine Anderson John, voiced by Joseph Paz Tessa, voiced by Jillian Belrose Olivia, voiced by Eva DeGaulle Alicia, voiced by Alyssa Hall Natalie and Anne, voiced by Allison Stanford Sophia, voiced by Lucia McMahon Scavenger 1, Man 1, and Guard, voiced by Danielle Kahn. Young Sarah, voiced by Marissa Nicole. Leah, Vanessa, and Doctor, voiced by Channing Miller. Scavenger 2, and Father, voiced by Chris Alello. Music by Caleb Broussard and Michael Gay.